You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast, episode seven. On this week's episode, I am sharing everything that I learned when I went back to running our social media for a month. So if you're looking to understand what's going on with the algorithm these days and what to post on social and what not to post on social, I'm here to give you a recap on what's working right now, at least for us, and hopefully that will inspire you to do things differently with your social media too. All right, let's go. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder of the seven-figure ethical fashion brand Encircled and host of this podcast, business coach, business mentor. I'm so excited you have decided to come back and listen to this episode. If you are brand new to the podcast, welcome. I am having my Sunday coffee while I record this episode. It was a tough one to put together to see what I wanted to focus on. And I've actually tried recording this a few times because I realized that there's so much to talk about with organic social. And what I'm talking about today is I took over organic social media for Encircled for the last 30 days. And why did I do that? Well, we had one person who was running it quit and another one who was uh, managing that person go on leave and then ultimately resign from the business. So we lost two full-time people during the busiest time of year, um, right at the beginning of November, and it was overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. I pinched a nerve in my back last week, and I fully, fully attribute it to just too much work, too much hunching over a computer at a bad chair, um, and it is not an ideal situation. So Firstly, let's say that I have some lessons learned to share with you that I'm going to share on a wrap-up episode of 2020 on hiring and staffing and what I've learned about that because ironically, we were perfectly staffed for our logistics side of the business, just not for the marketing side. Um, So that's going to be a full separate episode that we'll go through because I know that you love to hear and learn about hiring and when to hire and who to hire and how many people to hire, all that good stuff. So that will be a very focus point, a strong focus point going forward. But on this episode, I really want to share what I learned running social media. And when I say running, I'm going to define that first um, because I want to let you guys know what I'm actually running. Um, so social media is very fragmented and circled, and I don't think this is a good thing. It was originally under one person and then due to some overwhelm was parsed out to a bunch of people. So for the purposes of this episode, I'm just going to talk about the two channels that I took over, specifically Facebook and Instagram. Now with Facebook, we had made a very intentional decision in the summer to go down from two posts a day to one post a day. And we didn't really notice much different in terms of organic impressions on Facebook. And the one key insight I had, and I think this is worth looking at for your own brand as well, there's something called the Creator Studio now on Facebook. If you haven't seen it, it's on business.facebook.com. You can see insights, you can schedule posts. It's where Facebook really wants you to go now to create posts for Instagram and Facebook. And I noticed that like our impressions are super low for organic. And 
they didn't really go down that much when we stopped posting twice a day. They went down slightly, maybe like 20%, but they were already so low. And when I look at Instagram, I mean, we have three times the size of following on Instagram than we do on Facebook. But our impressions are like, and that's like how many people we reach and how many people see the posts. I mean, it's not even comparable. It's like 400 times more on Instagram. So immediately to me, I was like, what am I even doing spending that much time on Facebook posts? Because they're not even really reaching anybody. So I decided to kind of test a few things to see if I could get it up. Like maybe if we went back to posting twice a day, maybe that would make a difference. So I tried a bunch of different stuff. And this is what I encourage you to do too. If you've got a channel where you feel like, huh, something's not working on here, test do some tests. So I put up some posts. I put up like a couple of lifestyle posts, some um, videos. I put up some product posts to see what really worked best. Um, In a week, you know, I could see that like I did a post on the home edit, which is this organizational show. I could see that got like a ton of impressions and shares. I could see that some of our Black Friday posts did really well. Actually, the static images did better than the videos, which was very interesting to me. But at the end of the day, our organic impressions didn't change that much. So what I learned from that is that really, I don't think I should be spending that much time on this channel. I think it's a great channel for if you have the same experience and you do those tests and you learn the same thing, it's a good channel for maintenance. And if you're running paid ads, I I recommend having at least one post a day or every couple of days up there because people will look your page for credibility, especially if they're new to the brand. So imagine somebody seeing a Facebook ad for the first time, they may click on that thing that says like sponsored by, and then they're taken to your Facebook page. If they go over to your Facebook page and last post you've done is 2016, it's going to immediately look really sketchy. So I recommend keeping up with page posts if you're experiencing this similar kind of like drop in impressions that I have on our Facebook page. And a lot of this is just because of the algorithm changes that Facebook did a really long time ago that made such a difference and they've prioritized um, paid social for sure. So that was my one key learning with Facebook is that, you know, the only type of posts that seem to do semi well on there are ones that are focused completely not on our brand. Um, and it just almost doesn't even really seem worth that much time investment. So if you are running with a small team or you're in a a phase of the business where you're like low on staff or overwhelmed, dial it back. Like go back to that one social media channel that works best for you. And for us, it's really right now Instagram. So we've gone into maintenance mode with Pinterest. We use the Tailwind app that's sponsoring this episode and we have for five years and I have somebody kind of loading that with pins and scheduling them. That's great. And it generates a very consistent level of traffic for us and leads and sales. But our biggest reach is on Instagram. So that's where I decided to focus majority of my time when I was taking it over just to see if I could learn from what works and what doesn't work. Now, the first thing I realized was on Instagram, we were posting at the wrong time. So we were taking an average posting time based on a scheduling app that we were using and it was averaging the post time. We post twice a day. It was taking like the one time. When I go into business.facebook.com, it tells me a completely different story. It gave me completely different times. So I realized that immediately we were posting when people weren't online, which is, you know, it's a subtle shift, but it does make a difference in terms of reach on your posts. 
The next thing I wanted to know was like, what does well on the feed versus what doesn't do well on the feed? And what belongs in a story? Because I think there's a very different strategy to that. So you want to really define what do you want your feed to look like? What is the purpose for your feed? And what kind of content are you going to serve? You want to have a very clear content strategy. So I'm not a graphic designer, as you guys would know. So I wanted to play around with a lot of different images and maybe do some text copy and pick up some posts we'd done before and see if I could, you know, find the ideal balance between like curated content, graphic, inspiring, educating, all that kind of stuff. Um, And when I look back on the last like seven days, let's say of posts, we did a giveaway. So it's like a little misleading probably. Um, But the posts that did the best are definitely not product posts. They are lifestyle images. If I go one month back, then now we're looking at for sure, like the giveaway posted really well, but also you know, these lifestyle images of like apartments, cozy socks, bathtub, greenery, dogs, like they've all done super, super well. So that to me was like really good learning that people still gravitate towards really pretty images. They just like them. So that reach on like a post like that would get us, you know, I'll find our top performing post from the last 30 days it was like a work from home inspiration post somebody's beautiful desk and it had almost a thousand likes it had three percent engagement it had twenty five thousand impressions twenty three thousand reach 188 saves which is massive and 21 comments um so that's like pretty impressive but that wasn't our photo that was a reshare of somebody else's photo so and then when I scroll down to see where is the next like product photo it's like pretty far down it's one promoting our wait list um, and a new product which generally tends to do really well but to get to an actual like producty producty photo I have to get way 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 down so to me it's really important to lead with imagery really nice imagery for sure, if you're going on the feed. On your stories, you can be a little bit more lax with what's going up there. But just remember that on your stories, there's definitely a bit of a different audience than your feeds. So what else is working? So posts that are really done in service to me work really well. So we did a post where we asked people to tag their favorite small businesses because we're going to showcase them on our stories. And that has done super well for us. So you know, that post kind of lives on and it's had a ton of saves and we've done a lot of shares and stories from that. Um, You know, lots of engagement. It has almost like 500 comments on it. Um, Those have done really well. We've also got these myth posts that we're doing, kind of myth busting for the fashion industry because there's a lot of misunderstandings around what goes into certain things. Those have been doing really well too. And then definitely the behind the scenes shots. So of our like factories or whether it's our dye house or our office also do super well. And then last but not least, uh, bloggers. So anybody who's tagged us in the photo, those types of curated photos um, of other people have also done really well. Almost to the point where I probably wouldn't feature a product photo unless you know, you really didn't have anything else to put up there kind of thing, because it just seems like those product photos that have like very, you know, basic backgrounds and stuff like that, they just don't do very well. So, okay. So that was like a key learning that beauty in the feed still matters. 
the other key thing was like engagement. So when we're talking about stories, I mean, the best completion rate, if if you're not using an app to test this, um, get an app to measure this, but completion rate on story is like how many people make it all the way through the story. And when I look at the stories that have the best completion rate, it's ones where there's interactivity. So it's ones where we're asking people questions and we're trying to get answers and we're asking them like this or that, or um, asking them questions. Those do super, super well. Um, So how can you put together stories that have a blend of not just showing what you want people to see, but asking them and engaging with them and getting them to interact with it? Because ultimately that will extend your reach on your stories as well um, within your audience. Because once Instagram knows that like people are engaging with their story and they're you know getting reach out of it, then they're going to like prioritize your stories for sure over other stories. Um, there are ways to make stories extended in the reach by adding like geo tags and hashtags and stuff like that. But, um, you know, a lot of stories just gen- generally go to the people who are on your list, like they just see them the most. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, and I don't think stories have to be as beautiful as we think they do. You know, the ones that I did that were like, maybe not the prettiest, they did okay. Um, I did a lot of my stories when I was doing them. As I mentioned, I'm not a great graphic designer. I did them in Canva. I just had templates. I actually bought a template, Insta Story template pack from a online blogger, and I can't remember her name right now, um, who sold like it was like Instagram story templates, um, Instagram feed templates, she's ebook templates. It was like an all in one pack. It was $49 US, and honestly, it's like I was like, why would I ever buy something like that? And then once I downloaded it, I'm like, this is why. It's so good. Because I'm not a graphic designer. And if you're not a graphic designer, it may take you hours in Canva to figure it out. Just have somebody do it for you and then change the fonts to match your brand guide and the colors. Um, so I found that super valuable for creating stories. Stories do take a really long time. That's another key learning that they do take time to create and launch. But the more you can kind of batch your work in stories, the better, because having that consistent engagement on your story and being top of mind every day is really important. This episode is sponsored by Tailwind, the ultimate Pinterest and Instagram scheduler. Get your free trial and $30 credit by visiting tailwindapp.com slash Christy. We all want more traffic to our online store, but let's be real. You do not have time to be sitting in front of your computer all day posting on Instagram and Pinterest. The challenge is these are important channels that are dream customers often live on. So we want to be present, active, and engaging. With Tailwind, you can help grow your business with more traffic by using their Pinterest and Instagram scheduling apps so you can spend more time working on other things. I've personally been using Tailwind for five plus years and love how easy it is to use. Firstly, let's say they are an official Pinterest and Instagram partner, which is excellent. Next, they've got this awesome Tailwind Create tool where you can build beautiful pins faster than ever before. I can go from idea to pin in just 30 seconds and drive valuable content to my blog or online store immediately. You can also pre-schedule pins and optimize for when your dream customers are online. Lastly, Instagram scheduling is on here as well. They have a free Instagram bio tool on Tailwind called smart.bio, so you can easily drive traffic to your best content without having to change your Instagram link all the time. Confidently create using their beautifully designed templates and easy to use desktop and mobile apps. The possibilities are truly limitless with Tailwind. To get started and try out Tailwind for yourself, go to tailwindapp.com slash Christy. That's T-A-I-L-W-I-N-D-A-P-P.com slash K-R-I-S-T-I. 
and get started with a free trial today. If you love it, and I think you will, you'll get a $30 credit on your subscription too. That's tailwindapp.com slash Christy to get a free trial and $30 off. And now back to the show. So I think ideally you should be posting a story a day. And I know that sounds overwhelming for people, but just come up with themes. So what I have found super helpful for managing Instagram organic is to come up with a different theme every day. So Fridays are factory Fridays. So we'd show like a sneak peek behind the scenes of one of our factories. Saturdays, small business Saturday. So I do like a roundup of shout outs. On Sundays, you know, we do some sort of like this or that or voting story, something like that. Um, somewhere during the week we would do like a cotton cut cozy and encircled and we do a roundup of like influencer photos also super easy so just coming up with those themes and making a framework for them I think is really important to efficiency on these channels I I found myself spending hours on Instagram stories and it was just like oh my god it was because I was like trying to reinvent the wheel every time but once I had a framework and a template that I was working off of it was so much easier to do them The next thing I learned managing organic social is that hashtags are still important. So you really need to do some research on hashtags and make sure you're using the right ones. Um, And you can't keep using the same ones over and over again in posts. I mean, I think when I looked into our app, we'd been using the same Instagram hashtags for years and some of them aren't even relevant. So doing that hashtag research online to see what people are using to find your product is really important. Um, So definitely spending some time doing that uh, while you're posting. It'll just help you get more reach on your posts, which is good. Um, The next thing I learned is that you need to know your audience. So not only when they are online, but who are they? Who is your audience? Like what is relevant to them? Like where do they hang out? Where are they located? I mean, you can't speak to everybody because then you're speaking to nobody. But, you know, our audience on Encircled's Instagram is primarily Canadian with, um, I would say, the second biggest audience being the U.S., Um, So when we speak on there, we're focusing on that kind of stuff. And that may sound like exclusionary, but um, and occasionally we put posts in like Happy Australia Day and stuff like that. But you can't hit every person's target audience. Otherwise, then you're crafting content that resonates with nobody. So you do have to be quite niche and focused. And I also want you guys to really pay attention to what works. So when you have photos and posts that work, like really try and understand why. Like what is it about that post that really did well? Um, As an example, like as I mentioned, typically like product posts for us just don't do very well. Well, we had a product post and a lifestyle photo from a lifestyle photo shoot. So on a backdrop, it was shot at a loft um, that did super well for a product that quite frankly hasn't sold very well. Um, And I was trying to think of why and I think it's just like a very beautiful photo like the photo is beautiful it's well lit she looks great she looks natural she's not wearing a ton of makeup the the product looks great it's drapey it like really shows it off so really spend time focusing on less is more and quality over quantity on this channel if you're struggling to get two posts a day up on Instagram don't do it just put up one super quality post don't force yourself to put a post where it's not going to do your brand any good so really focus on quality over quantity when it comes to Instagram 
The next thing I think is really important is to align your influencer strategy with your Instagram because they kind of work together very, very closely. If you're not getting people posting about your brand and tagging you in photos and stuff like that, you're not going to have a lot of curated content to share on your Instagram. It's going to be all your photos. And that puts a lot of pressure on you to not only shoot that content, but keep it fresh and keep coming up with new ideas. So the more you can find people who, even if it's micro-influencers, even if it's customers, to like take photos of themselves in the product, it'll just add a lot of variety to your feed. Um, you know, I don't think we were doing enough curation, enough sharing of photos. And the, I've noticed that sharing those photos, they just do really well. Like people love seeing different perspectives on how to style and different items. Um, and when you share them and you share them in a genuine way and you tag the influencer, I notice they start tagging us more. So they start posting other photos and these photos aren't even part of the campaign that we're focusing on. Um, so I definitely noticed an uptake when I started engaging actively with our influencers online and sharing their photos and tagging them um, because it just cultivates a nicer relationship with them and us. And then they want to tag us in more stuff because we're going to share it. So that's just definitely a pro tip for sure is if you get people sharing your photos, always like them, always comment on them, make a roundup to feature them in it. And if it's a great photo that would be a great fit for your feed, put in the feed, put them in the caption, tag them. Um, they're going to love it and it's going to just result in a more diverse feed for your Instagram. So the other thing I learned about Instagram while managing it is that, well, number one, it takes a lot of time. That's number one, it does. So that's why it's really important, as I talked about at the beginning, to focus on less is more when it comes to channels as well. So if you're a small brand, you may only want to do one channel. Um, but I, th I still think it's an important channel for people to be on. Um, but you want to check that for yourself. You want to check the analytics and make sure that your audience is there. But it's one of those channels where you can't set it and forget it. Yes, you can use a scheduling app. Yes, you can put up stories or schedule them. That is great. But you need to be actively behaving like a person on there. And what I mean is that you need to be responding to comments in a timely manner on your posts. But you also need to be proactively commenting on people's posts. So what I noticed is that when I would go on and spend some time, even if it was like 10 minutes a day, commenting on people who we follow on their posts, that we would get better reach on our posts when they went up. And that's just like simply sometimes putting a heart or a short little word or something like that. But Instagram really likes it when people behave like people, when brands behave like people. So like you are a person running a brand, so you shouldn't just be like pushing everything out there. You need to be like pulling people to by creating content, but also commenting and engaging in discussions with people. That's so, so important. They don't just want people like, you know, projecting stuff out there. You want to figure out a way to make that part of your strategy. If you're not managing your Instagram, figure out the person who's managing it, if they can do that. Even 10 minutes a day of like engaging with other accounts and commenting, even if it has nothing to do with your brand, um, is really great for improving your position and your authority and your engagement on Instagram. So that's a lot of really tactical tips um, that I've just mentioned there on Instagram specifically and Facebook and organic socials. So what's next? Well, I've actually decided to outsource our Instagram and Facebook for now to a freelancer because I just don't have the time. I can't manage it myself. 
Um, in the future, we're probably going to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Probably in 2021 to manage this. Um, and I do believe that there needs to be a really strong and cohesive strategy. If you're really going to do organic social well, you have to be really dialed into the objectives of that channel because the channel can't be all things to you. It can't be a revenue driver, brand awareness, engagement, increase your brand affinity. It's probably going to be one or two of those things, if that. So really being clear on your purpose of that channel and what it's doing for your brand is going to be integral to the growth in that channel as well. And maybe it's not Instagram. Maybe Pinterest is your you know, main channel that you're going to be focused on. Or maybe maybe you're still getting great organic reach on Facebook. And if you are, head over to Instagram, leave me a comment at Christy Sumer. I'd love to hear this. Um, but you really want to focus on channel expertise at this point. I know many of you are running small teams or maybe you have no team. So just pick that one channel and become the expert on that channel and make sure it's a channel where your customer is at. That is so, so, so important. Um, so for now, you know, freelancing has taken over for managing this for me. I'm thankful to have some of that time back in my day. Um, although I am watching the strategy of the channel and she's working on that strategy specifically and clarifying the role of that channel. But yeah, hopefully that you guys learned a lot in this episode. I know personally, I learned a lot managing Instagram over the last few weeks. And actually it was a really good experience in the sense that I felt like I got closer to the customer because I was able to see some of the comments that were coming up. I was able to read the DMs. I would, I was able to see who's tagging us and stuff. Um, and learn a lot about our influencers as well as affiliates. So it was a good learning experience. Would I repeat this again? Probably not. Um, Would like to work a lot less in the future. So definitely restructuring to make sure we are set up for the growth that we want to experience at the brand in 2021. And that's something I encourage all of you to do is to make sure that you are set up for growth. Because if you're needing to hire because you're growing too fast, you've already missed the boat. You should be hiring before it's like bursting at the the seams. So like if your roof is leaking um, and there's water pouring into your kitchen, like it's it's too late to uh, repair the roof. You probably need to replace the roof. Let's be real. So we want to get into that mode of proactively hiring, which is very challenging for small businesses. I do admit that because cash flow is tight. But even if, depending on where you are in your business and the type of role you want to hire, like it may not be that much of an added expense. And maybe you can start somebody part-time doing it um, a few hours a week and then build them up as the business grows. But the last thing you want to do is being sitting in front of the computer at two in the morning, scheduling Instagram stories. Trust me, I've been there and I don't want to go back. So make a plan, um, read your analytics for your channels, focus on a channel that works best for you, come up with a clear strategy, and then really dial into what's important for your ideal customer on that channel in order to get your engagement up and define that channel strategy as well. All right. Hope you love this episode. It was a bit of a longer one, but I wanted to share that deep dive into my experience. And if you love this episode, please give it a share on social. Just screenshot it and tag me at Christy Sumer. I'd love to share it with my followers as well and profile you. So thank you so much for listening and talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts, and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K 
K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.